Shut up and sit down. The word epic is one of the most misused and overused words in the English language. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. You are listening to the Not So Epic Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. This has always resonated with me, so I'll share. In every journey comes a moment, one like no other, and in that moment, you must decide between who you are and who you want to be. And Mike, don't forget the spinach. Today, we're getting down with crisp, lit, and epic. You can't always get your bikes back, but then you, you at least gotta try to get them back. Sometimes if you get your bike stolen, it will get sold or something, but you still gotta keep your head up. Peace. Unfortunately, I'm diagnosing you as not Epic. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Vondering, and today I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance Romance in studio. In studio. In it is. Studio. So, so I was not in studio last week, and when Lance is in studio, I want to be here. Like, <laughs> it's such a rare occurrence. Yeah. It is. You're too funny. Yeah. Good times. Thanks. And that voice you just heard, Mr. Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking fantastic. You're looking pretty good today, too, Matt. You know, um, all things considered, looking good. Yep, yep. If you guys haven't heard the last podcast where I briefly hopped on and just went over my crash injuries and things of that sort, um, I yeah, I'm I'm doing better every day. So good, that's good. Um, And I'm here, like usual, bringing all this fun stuff uh, together and and making it all you know kind of happen. (laughs) Sorta wouldn't happen without you guys. But um, let's get into our backpedal. We're missing somebody. We are missing someone. Yeah, and that's. It's a sad when we look to that empty seat. There's it's a sad. Seat. It's a sad moment. <laughs> it's a very sad moment. I was bummed at, to not have him here because it's always nice having the the, the game. He's at all he's back doing in town. Alt- altitude training. He's at um, over a thousand feet. <laughs> so acclimated. He's so acclimated. He's in Central Oregon. Evan Price is in Central Oregon, uh, having a little mini training camp. Okay. Uh, so yeah. should we just pay homage to him? I wonder quick? if I wonder if he's just putting yeah we in, should. Yeah. I mean his what? non-training camps he's putting in like more mileage than all three of us put together. So what does a training camp look like? Does he just not sleep and train? <laughs> I, I think so. But Evan, this one's for you, buddy. I wear speedos when I'm at the snow. You know I'm wearing my speedos when I'm doing cardio. I'm wearing speedos. <laughs> Evan. Are you wearing your speedos right I, now, buddy? I, I bet sure you. He is. I bet yeah. he is. I bet you is. You know, just on a mountaintop somewhere, just looking like off into the sunset, heroically speedo only. Speedo you know, only. Some, some sort of tight speedo. I I thought of him this weekend. It was classic funny. I was standing at the the Hag Lake Triathlon, um, watching my wife do a triathlon. I'll get more into that a little bit later on. And um, it was actually there with Jesse Tonkinson, who was in studio with us last week. Yes. And he and I both at the same time just started busting up. Because we both at the same time saw this young kid. He probably had to be right around 20 years old, getting out of the water in like this, like almost like a micro speedo for a dude. And I'm like, holy cow! And then he got on the bike in his little speedo. And that was it. A speedo and shoes. And then he rocked it on the run and just killed it. I mean, he he had a good time. Too he, a good finish. And I'm like, did he win? 
I, no, he didn't win, but okay, he was but probably he was top five, maybe. Yeah. Kid was flying. <laughs> and I'm like, that's Evan's people right there. <laughs> so Evan would have been proud. <laughs> uh, I wonder, did, he probably didn't wear a wetsuit. It was pretty warm. The water was warm, super choppy, but warm. Oh, so okay. anyway, it was uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you do your backpedal and, and go ahead and dive into it a little bit? I, okay, that, we can start with me. That's fine. Um, we never start with you. You always get bumped to the last, <laughs> start with the last spot. We never okay. let him. I'll fly through this. I uh, raced on Monday, and we went oh, and did yeah. the little short track and um, got third place. And the man sitting to my right beat me. Yeah. No <laughs> Did you really? First time ever in any race ever that I beat Jake. Did you at a race? Did it, did some of the tools that we talked about, you know, letting that tire out of, you know, air out of his tire. Out of his tires. <laughs> Actually, I think he was still a little sick. Uh, a little well, bit put a little so, bit of lead in his water bottle. He was a so little a, sick. I got a good start. He got a bad start. That was enough. So wow. two things happened. Lance beat me and I threw up a little bit in my mouth. That's something I've never done before. <laughs> A little bit of that regurgitation, a little micro puke in the mouth. Lance can teach you how to puke on the bike. Yeah, Yeah. there's an art to it. There was. And what was funny is I I, I laughed like Lance. You know why? Uh I had a little bit of that rocket red before the race because that Uh stuff is awesome. And it was a little bit of red spit up puke stuff that came out of I didn't paint myself like Lance, but it still came up. And I'm like, this is so fitting. Wait, did you, when you puked Lance, you know, was it red? Yes. Oh, gross. It was red because I drank rocket red before the race. That stuff stains your entire intestinal system. Yeah. Well, it's beet powder. It's beet it's powder. Just like that the, stuff is, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, super that's wonderful. That's a wonderful um, color to see yeah, everywhere because you don't know if it's blood or not. No. So, yeah. so right. team on a whole out there did really well. We picked up some more points. And I think we have two weeks left, and I think we have about a 700-ish point lead in the team competition out there um, to win uh, back-to-back years. So I'm kind of wow. hopeful that that's going to happen. We're going to go out there and race again tonight, and then we've got the team relay next week, which is going to be a blast. Yep. So. What's, what's your buffer? On the points, what's the... Uh, we're about 700 points up, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, is it pretty safe? It's, it's not totally safe. safe. No, anything it, could happen, but... But it's pretty safe. Yeah. Okay. We'll have a good turnout for the last week. Tonight, it's anybody's game, I, yeah. you know, in terms of, like, okay. whatever. Two if weeks. we could just maintain tonight, that'd be great. Two weeks left. Yeah, two, two, weeks two left. races left, correct. Okay. So, um, Tuesday, I took off because I was feeling Monday, and then Wednesday, kind of got back into a training routine. And um, started feeling a little bit better finally, and um, actually rode with Lance Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We rode, <laughs> so we rode four days in together. a row. Yeah, that, nice. I don't think that's ever happened before. No, so a lot of things so. that never happened for me and Lance this week. Um, so we had some great training rides, and then did a little family ride this past weekend. Uh, but the highlight of my weekend was going out to Hag Lake and watching right. a bunch of people from the Dial Triathlon and just other friends and some of our juniors, and watching my wife do her first triathlon. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm proud of her. Yeah, she's super. Cool. I didn't actually see results. I just know that she finished. I yeah. don't think she's super concerned about her time or anything. She like was not, which is awesome. Like yeah. she finished her first triathlon, and she was pretty nervous. Like what's interesting is like she trained hard this season yeah. for tra- like for a triathlon. Yep. So I think it was just like train hard, yeah, yeah. finish this race, and she did it. So the open water swim is obviously her biggest fear. I'm not going to call it a fear, but it's pretty darn close it, because it, it could be – it, it should, go sideways pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And it, like she got to the first buoy, and there's like a, a grown man like in his 30s or 40s going, oh, help, 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 or something like oh, that. Wow. So he was like kind of concerned about his own personal safety. The water was super choppy. Like there was a lot wow. of wakes and there was kind of wind blowing. And it, it, basically 
for her to have that as her first experience to come out of it on the other side being fine was great because everything's going to feel like piece of cake from here on out. Yeah, even though yeah. she's out in the ocean, if she's going to go out in the ocean and never do a triathlon, that's probably the only thing that I think could get hard. worse. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it can get worse. So, yeah. And then she did it with one of her really good friends, and they kind of vowed to stay together, and they helped each other through the whole process, and it was just a, a really good outcome for them. And her goal was not to come in last, and that happened. So Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, Rebecca. <laughs> Um, and did, then, did you do a Friday night ride? The fog we did, did the fog out ride. We probably had I don't know fifteen or twenty people out there, and just had a nice casual twenty mile ride. It was, it was fun. Nice. Yeah. yeah, those rides are so relaxing. I mean, yeah. it's perfect too. You go out there, you spin your legs, just getting ready for the weekend and kind of recovering from the weeks past, and you just get to socialize and talk with people about everything under the sun. It's a, a really good time, and we'll probably have five more of those. And okay. I've got a couple uh, things up my sleeve. We're gonna do a couple like. I don't know if it's going to be cheesy or not, but it should be fun either way. Some themed rides for it. So oh, that'll um, be fun. Yeah. Oh, I think that'll be, I think that'll be popular. Yeah. People love goofy <laughs> stuff like that. I don't know. Lance doesn't. <laughs> He's too serious. <laughs> but, I'm very serious. But everyone else will absolutely eat it up. Yeah. We've got two, I've got two set up for the, the remaining rides. So we'll have Perfect. one probably coming up maybe this week or the next week. And then one for the, the final ride, I think. So stay tuned. Um, Is one of them a naked ride? Cause I'm all over that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we're gonna send that memo out, and Vance is gonna be the only one who's gonna get it. And he'll show up and be all naked and stuff. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the speed ride. Bring a camera. Come show up for the beginning and end of those. I mean, Lance naked. That when does that happen? Just just on days that end in Y. That's right. <laughs> So to culminate a, a great week, great training, good racing, um, did a little family ride yesterday. It, was, it took me about an hour to go 10 miles with the family. We did a little family ride. So that was kind of awesome. nice. So, nice. Yep, that was my week. Lance, backpedal. Um, Jake already mentioned uh, my the first day of this week, uh, racing out uh, at Short Track, the mountain bike race. And I, going in with all that fatigue from that, that Boise yeah. Fondo the day before and major cramps, I had no expectations, which which was kind of odd, but, um, man, I got a good start and then it just kind of went better from there. I, I kind of stuck on the, uh, the leader and tried to stay with him. There was actually a point in the race where we were halfway through the first lap and Danny Weichel, the leader, started to go away from us. And I'm, I'm right there with two other teammates. And I went, Hey, you guys, one of us has to go with him. Yeah. We have to stay with him. And, um, they didn't. And I did, okay. and I was able to hang with him for like three laps, which was good, which was great. So yeah, weird that that's exactly I, what you want to do, right? Yeah. Like go hard, go as long as you can, yeah. hang as long as you can, and be pumped about it. Yeah. You know, like that's a that's a killer workout. Yeah. So that was exciting to uh, actually come in second in that race, and uh, um, it, it was good. It was good for us, good for the team. I had a good time. I did way better nice. than I thought. Uh, the next night, your fitness is coming back from that killer vacation. A little bit, yeah, it is. Which is good. Um, the next night um, was our uh, uh, PIR race. Oh, Tuesday night. Our, okay, our Tuesday PIR. night PIR race, which is a, a circuit race. It's like thirty miles, and um, I raced in the in the three four category. Oh, okay. You had some teammates then. Um, there was like eight of us. <laughs> Actually, that showed up Good. to try to help a teammate, Ian Gibson, oh. get on the podium. Wow. Um, and, man, it was great racing with eight teammates. Yeah. Because uh, Chris Hanel just sat on the front and kept the pace up. And then there were three or four of us to chase down moves. 
and handles um, amazing because he's such a consistent like when he gets up front and starts going and like working he kind of like tucks his arm in just a little bit he's very arrow for you know being on a road bike and he just like he just looks like a little sewing machine like yes it's it's fun to watch it just discouraged attacks yep from from the other team because the pace is hot because the pace is hot and he's on the front and there's seven others of us yeah to chase things down and ian just kind of stayed protected and um i was able to lead ian out on a on a couple on a, a couple hot laps and at the very end and he ended up second place for the race, which wow. was great, which is what we were trying to do. Yeah. And I ended up top 10, which was also great. a bit surprising with all the racing and tired legs in like six days in a row of yeah. major effort. So, but that was fun. And then the rest of the week, um, I rode with Jake every day. <laughs> it was awesome. It was really nice. Did so. you guys get any cool photos? Uh, nope. I think I got a couple cool shots uh, that I posted cool on shots. Strava. Did yeah. you get any GoPro stuff? KOM uh, we did segments? on Saturday unexpectedly. Neither one of us like this road that for it. we took. I took Lance on a road that I'd only done once, and it was it, ironically was three years prior to the day. What it popped up in my time hop that later on that day. I'm like, holy we cow! Wrote, th- wrote I, to, we, the day. to the day, like, yeah. we're gonna give it three, that was three only, years off. Yeah, it was the only time we ever done. It's a great road. We should ride it more. But um, yeah, Lance and I kind of dropped the hammer a few times and um, came back with some some hardware. I was doing some interval sets. That was kind oh, of the okay. prescribed workout for the day. And prescribed then prescribed workout. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so uh, I was doing like a few interval sets, and Jake just went with me. And yeah, there was a section that we took like four KOMs on between the two of us, yeah. and we weren't really trying no we didn't know that they were there we, we didn't know where they started yeah. we didn't know where they finished and i sat up on one of them too they, that i got like i think second place yeah and like oh had i known <laughs> so that was nice the other great thing about this week was i was able to uh ride with my wife a couple oh, times yeah cool she got out there three times this week Jeez. and i was able to ride with her a couple of those when so. we went to go ride on saturday she was already out riding by herself was, going yeah. out to frenchman's bar i'm she like that's was. awesome oh, okay <laughs> yeah so i had I had broken another derailleur hanger. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> yep. And so, what? It, I, how is that happening? Um, is it like it's putting, a lot of use and just needed? Like his drivetrain is so solid. Like ceramic's such a great drivetrain. Yeah. That you don't have to get in there and dink around with it quite as much. Right. Well, in that process, I believe his cassette came a little My bit loose. Came loose. It yeah. wasn't maybe torqued down enough. And anyway, it ended up causing the, the hanger to get a little bound up or the chain get bound up on the hanger. And it, oh. it you know, it just wasn't it happening. It popped the threads on the hanger. So I had to, uh, okay. it like the screw that holds the hanger in place actually out. stripped it. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's not like a broken half. It's just the correct. Right. Yep. Oh, he, he brought it over and we put it up in the stand and you're like, yeah, we're going to replace this part. Yeah. Just insert all the NASCAR sounds. <laughs> we threw the bike together and he was out riding. It was butter smooth. Oh, yeah. wow. So you, you had all the parts you needed to replace yeah. that? Yeah. Jake did. Jeez. Well, I think he's got the same bike as me. I've always got backup parts. So <laughs> you're like, let me take this off of my bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't be riding today, yeah. but you'll be out there. No, he's, uh, he's all set up for, well, I think how many miles did you have on your chain? Uh, almost 4,200 miles on that chain. Yeah. So with Shimano in that same time period, I'm going through at least three chains and your oh. chain was just being at yeah. the end of its life. So I don't we know. We replaced the chain, the hanger, the pulleys. Yeah. The pulley wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Some new BB infinite. Yeah. We got some. Sup- things are so butter smooth. Spinny fast. Lights. Supposedly 
this is total nerd stuff. Like, you know, we, I always talk about on my YouTube channel, like the drive chain efficiency and things like that, like of certain lubricants and things like that. Supposedly the ceram, the lubricant that they used kind of, um, in bag, basically like what you get when you first purchase it is the worst mm-hmm. as far as efficiency goes. Yeah. So a lot of people will, you know, just take their chain right out of the bag, slap it on there and then go until you need to, um, you know, reapply lubrication or whatever might be something to consider would be like stripping all that stuff off and like applying some sort of, you know, bike lubricant. I'm sure that didn't happen. I saw proper alcohol, cleaned it up nice oh, and did smooth you? and oh, you put did? some oh, squirt okay. chain lube on there yep. and yeah, yeah, yeah. he was flying. Good to go. Oh, good yeah. to go. Yep. That's, yep. that's a good point. Probably there, worth, it's probably worth doing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm the same way though. I'm always like, okay, I pulled this out of the ceram bag or whatever and I just roll with it just because I'm lazy. Not because, I mean, if it was like a big race or something, I might go the extra mile. I don't know. Who knows? It's nice once you get that stuff off there. You can feel a difference for sure. Great. Matt, would you like to backpedal on us? Did you have a like a crazy fun? I had a crazy week. week. It was my (laughs) I was about to say that my week was actually epic. Um yeah. I'm recovering from a bike crash accident situation and uh I I watched a lot of tour. I watched the tour and the tour is epic to watch. The tour has been epic. Um I uh I definitely um, have been able to improve every single day. Putting on my shirt, epic. <laughs> Absolutely epic. Um, so, yeah. So, those, that's pretty much been it. I mean, it literally has been a blur. Like, a couple of days, I mean, most, I'd say the majority of the time, I haven't actually been out of the house. So, anytime you go out of the house, epic. Absolutely epic. Have the calories been epic? Um, I have probably gained at least five pounds in a week. Has the beer oh. consumption been epic? I haven't been. I, I would say that like it's just been one like at least like a beer or so a night mixed with <laughs> mixed with my pain meds. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute! Don't stop doing that. Uh, and I'm sleeping great. Um, but yeah, no, I've. I mean, I've been drinking you know beer and stuff like that and not holding back on calories. But I think it's the fact that you go from like. You know, at least exercising minimum of one to two hours per day just to zero is such a it's a drastic amount of, yeah. so and I, it's depressing too because yeah. you don't have that like outlet. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. I know it's been just all over a week, yep. a week and a couple of days. Um, I, that first week is just like shock. Uh, it's just shock. Yeah. It, it, that that's a really good way to describe it, yeah. and you're kind of like. At the same time, you're like, oh, it's kind of nice just to be off the gas pedal for a moment, but yep. you're starting. You're going to start to really miss. That, doing something that, that exercise component yeah. you know that endorphin release that you get from that then you're going to start to hit a phase where you're going to be a little bit depressed i yep. i went through this last year thinking i'm like i don't get to touch a bike for months yeah and you know what like it's not just it's not just like riding a bike it's like i want to be able to like take the you know like there's things like i couldn't take the light off of my bike yeah. like i can't do like there's just little things that i need to do you know and it's just like I can't do it. I can't move my bike very well. Like it's all these things like yep. with one hand, what can you do? Yeah. Well, it's just even life. I mean, yeah. thankfully we're in the nice part of summer where you can just slide on some sandals, but yeah. you're not in the dead of winter saying, Hey, you know, I can't get my pants on wife. I need you to come here and button my pants and tie my shoes for me. And yep. that, that's a serious thing. And it yep. sucks. It does. So, yeah. But, and, and I'm, I feel like my injuries are, are a lot less than what you went through for sure. And, uh, and well, I don't I, want to downplay them because what, what you're going through sucks. It, yeah. It, your whole life, as you know, it kind of had to press, press, stop, pause. Yeah. Didn't get completely ripped away from you. But right. Yeah. It, it's reality. And, yeah. And, you know, it's good. Like my wife can still 
go out and do her long run. She's trained for a marathon. She did 20 miles on Sunday. Good for That's my her. Back. That'll be part of my backpedal. My wife, my wife ran 20 miles, <laughs> which is the farthest that she's run in a long time. And she's got a marathon coming up. I want to say it's like late September anyway. So it's coming up pretty soon and she's doing really well with her training. So Good for her, so, you know, at least she's not, she doesn't have to like stay home and take care of her broken husband too much. You know, I can still like, at least put the kids in front of video sure. and like manage. She's yeah. Like, Sweet. More training time for me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good stuff. And so this coming week, um, I'll be heading up to Whistler to watch the Ironman triathlon. I will not be competing. I know you guys are surprised. You're expecting me to hobble through it somehow. Just but one wing it. I know. I mean, I'm actually one of the swimming drills you do is like one, one arm hard. and I'm like, I can do, I can do okay no. for no, not going to happen, <laughs> but I'm going to watch. I have a whole bunch of friends that are doing the race. I'm going to bring the camera, try and film something probably. And yeah, it'll be, it'll be, I guess it'll be some sort of great family trip of some sort. Yeah. Well, I I bet knowing you, you'll make the best of it. You'll have a good time. We will try. Cool. Um, Lead out news. Oh yeah. Where do we go from here? Let's talk about the tour first. But is it, has it been epic? (laughs) Are you sensing a theme? I think I'm sensing a theme here. (laughs) That's my question to you guys. Has it been epic yet i'm gonna say yes i think it has been emphatic yes it's been an epic race to watch i think it's been epic i think it's about to become epic (laughs) (laughs) epic epic (laughs) i mean i think that so the things that i'm looking forward to this coming week i should we should probably talk about you know what we've seen so far but the things i'm looking forward to um Wednesday, Thursday, Friday stages are all like super hilly climbing stages. Right. And I think they're going to be just, I think they're going to destroy the field. So should be interesting. It's a, uh, uh, as we record this, it's the rest day. We record this yes. on Monday when it yes. uh, is released on Wednesday. Um, they will be on that difficult mountain stage. One of the difficult mountain stages in the Alps, I believe. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be probably, yeah. The podcast will probably come out maybe potentially right after the stage on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So all of our commentary is going to sound ridiculous. It's <laughs> a couple of days old. But yeah, it has been pretty amazing to see um, Julian Alaphilippe and what he, wow. that he's been able to hang on to the yellow jersey when you really didn't uh, give him a chance to hang on to the yellow jersey this long. We Yeah, we all have, would say it would, would have written him off. Correct. Right? Like, can't hang in the mountains. Right. Can't hang in the time trial. And he just does pretty yeah. well. He's just hanging, which is pretty amazing. It's pretty cool. It's fun watching somebody do something that they're not really supposed to be able to do. Right. And you got it. I mean, we're Americans and we don't have too many dogs in the fight, if any, at all at this point in time. Um, but to watch France rally around him, yeah. I mean, he's, I heard that some say he's the sweetheart of France and I would wholeheartedly agree with love that him. right now. They absolutely love him yeah. there. Even if he doesn't win, he's still going to be like their, their man, you know? And he's fought hard. Like I, like, okay, so the, the stage that I'm thinking of is Saturday's stage where it's a climbing stage and he got put under a lot of pressure and he fought to stay. And he long, hung. As long as he could. He yeah. hung on it. He hung. Yes. And you could just tell, like, you know, you'd have a group breakaway and he would just give everything to fight and hang with that group. And then, you know, like, Garen Thomas came by him at the towards the end, I think, and he hung, you know, as best as he could. Like, I just thought he tried really hard. Yeah. What's, what's amazing is is Ducinet Quick Quickstep, uh, Alaphilippe's team, they did not build a team f- to for a, a GC rider. Yeah. 
they they built it Viviani, for, right? for Viviani for sprint right. wins and for stage wins. They figured Viviani would win some sprints and that which he has. Yeah, and Alaphilippe would win some you know breakaway breakaway or roller type finishes. Yeah, and uh, they didn't build a team, for, so he doesn't really have help at the end yeah. of these big climbs. And every, he's just every been stage. He's been hanging, which is which is pretty amazing. So like that's cool. Peter Sagan of like the sprint, like just surfing right. wheels, you know, right. just making his own team. <laughs> his own All right. Out. So what are, let's do this because we're talking about Julian Philippe. I would ask you guys, because this podcast comes out on Wednesday, there is quite a hilly stage on Wednesday, mountaintop yeah. finish. How, what do you think? Do you think he'll still be in yellow when this podcast is published? I, I, I say no. And I've said no before three stages where he's kept it. Yep. <laughs> I yep. think he's going to be protected tomorrow. He's got a rest day today. Got I think he's day. still in on yellow on Wednesday, but it's going to be by a very, very narrow margin. At I'd the say beginning it's gonna, of Wednesday or the end of Wednesday? Uh, end of Wednesday, end sorry. Of Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. By the time that, that race is over, um, I think that he's going to just have a very, very narrow lead, and it's going to be the day after that on Thursday that he, he loses. loses and I, I, I don't know. I think that Geraint Thomas and yep. Ineos has been kind of playing possum a little bit. Maybe I think that either Garant or Egon are going to have um, a big couple days when they get yeah. to the Alps. I mean, there's three days there, and there's three more very, very difficult climbs. One of those two guys is going to float to the top, and if it's not them, it's going to be Pino. So yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting because because it's three days. I wonder if Jake, if you're right, if it's one of those things where it's like people know it's three days. It's it's three intense days, and they might set it up to be like don't kill it the first day like don't absolutely destroy it yeah i, I don't think julian philippe's gonna go on the attack i think he's gonna hang as just like that should be his plan is just hang as best he can through those three stages yeah and so i could see them saying like okay we're gonna chill the first day of the three and then someone's gonna be like the second day i gotta try and crack i gotta go gotta try and crack the gc contenders that that could happen yeah that could happen or it could just be so high that you know and so difficult that there's only a couple people that can actually go and and i um i will say no he will not be in yellow at the end of wednesday okay but that but you know just like lance like i don't know he's been doing great wrong every time what i thought was interesting was he won the time trial you, you don't win a time trial Correct. if you're not a serious contender. Like those guys are good. They're able to hurt for an hour. They're also, you know, very much able to hurt for five hours just because they are, their fitness level is a certain level that you would not win that stage if you weren't really, really good. He didn't just win that stage either. He crushed that stage. I mean, you don't beat Garrett Thomas by, what was it, 20 seconds? Yeah. That's it's good 14 seconds was it, was it 14 i thought it yeah. was closer to 20 okay he's but still that's a pretty big margin usually it's like close more like three or four or five seconds my thought process with that is that potentially like there's probably a couple people that maybe could have won but they were taking a little bit more careful um through some of the turns but i don't know but like a win is win right i mean you can't you know and there's the fitness is there is my point um so i don't know how that'll translate into some of the really big climbs but he's, man, he's going to do okay. You know what's crazy is um, the last couple of days, uh, uh, Thibaut Pinot has been the class of the field. Yep. He has been the strongest climber, yes. if you don't count Simon Yates, who is an hour and 20 minutes behind. So right. we're kind of not counting him, yeah, even though he's... Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, he's won two mountain stages, yeah. which is phenomenal. But uh, Thibaut Pinot is like 
just moving up the ranks and oh, yeah. and he's in fourth right now as of Monday. Yep. Which is just crazy. And he is a minute and fifty seconds behind. And on that crosswind day, he, oh, yeah. he lost, lost a minute forty yep. on the crosswind day. A day he should away. Yeah. Yeah. But a day that he shouldn't have lost any time. Right. And he loses a minute forty because he just missed the move. And um, boy, if he had been in that front group, this is he would have won. I mean, he'd be he, in the he'd be ten seconds behind, which would have changed the last couple of days. Yeah, I think everyone, you know, as of if they're looking at kind of the stages and if they've been watching closely, he's got to be the pick. He's got to be. The, I mean, he looks like the strongest rider in the tour, yep. right? In my opinion, and I think if you really watch it and you look at him like. He fights really hard on the hills. He's breaking. He's breaking the best riders. Yes. He so is. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We all have to admit that this has been um, a fantastic tour for for two groups. Uh, it's Lotto Jumbo. Their name. What's, yeah. their, what's the name of their team now? It's different now. It's not Lotto Jumbo, is it? It's uh, Jumbo Visla. Jumbo Visla. Jumbo Visma. Anyway, Jumbo Visma. Yeah. That team has had a fantastic tour, and and it's been a really good tour for the French. Yes, especially yep. Tivo Pino does what I think he'll probably yep. do. Yeah, so yeah. fun, exciting. It's been oh man, it's so good because here we are, and it, it's really going to come down to three slash four days left in the tour, and we won't know who's going to win. Right, it's not foregone. Yeah. Six guys within uh, within reach of this, and that's now as of Monday. Yeah. And Tuesday's probably going to be kind of a wash. Probably, um, it's a sp- and, more of a sprint stage. And then so. you've got the in the last stage is kind of a wash. So it's yeah. three days. Okay, so let's talk about this real quick. Just okay. give me your real quick two cents on what you think. Is it going to be Bernal? Is it going to be Thomas? Who do you think is going to finish better, stronger at the oh, end of this week? Um, you know, Egan Bernal, he, he he's kind of, he looks to me like he's stronger in some ways, but he also seems like he gets kind of cracked at the end of these things. And also, you know, and it's a three-week piece here that I think could come into play. I think he's tired. I think, think he's so? really tired. I, I have to stick with him because he's my pick from, you know, my original pick. And I'm going to stick with him. Sure. Like, I think he's going to win the whole thing. Still going to stick with that. But, man, I would not be surprised if he just crumbled this last week. We'll see. I'm hoping for the best. Um, Garrett Thomas has not looked quite as strong on the climbs. Uh, but in in Thomas's defense, there's a few yeah, times oh, where yeah. he looked like he was done, and then all of a sudden he clawed he his way back in, and there he is, like holding time and, and taking time away from Alaphilippe. Well, and the, the other piece that he's done is, you know, in, in kind of that like classic Team Sky way, where he doesn't like punch any sort of part of the climb, you know, like Tivo Pino would, uh, but he'll keep keep pedaling like he doesn't really crack. Yeah, you know, and I like this Saturday stage is the one I'm thinking of where he 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 got broken he got he got beaten pretty significantly on that stage like egon went up with pino and you know they actually left the group they but thomas 20 30 seconds yeah, yeah but he didn't he didn't like soft pedal you know he didn't say like my tour's over i'm soft pedaling up right like he like hung in there and um i think it's wout pole is his you know one of his teammate. teammate buddies just hung in there like stuck with garrett thomas like didn't stick with egan Bernal. like he stuck with garrett thomas and and they just worked together and kept chipping away and i think it was you know i he's definitely one i think he's de- you know if someone picks him as like hey he's going to do well it's last week of the tour like that's a that seems pretty wise to me yeah so what do you yeah. think lance 
Um, I, I still think that uh, Grant Thomas will pull it off too. Gotcha. Yeah, that's cool. I think he'll. I I think that that Bernal, unless he has one great day in yep. in the mountains yep. and and Thomas just implodes, that he will still continue to try to work for them. I think everybody's making a lot of assumptions about Team Ineos, and I think that they've got a few cards up their sleeves that they're going to play in the next couple of days that nobody's going to expect necessarily, and I think that they're going to surprise us. So I, I don't know. I, I just have the I, – but I don't know which guy. I can, it's a coin toss. Yeah, it is. Is it going to be Thomas? Is it going to be Bernal? I yeah. don't know. It's going to be one of those two guys, but one of those two guys is going to prevail, and they're going to they're going to do well. Whoever feels better on that day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but it's three days. That's the thing. It's, it's yes, like, three days in uh, a row. I could see I could see Egan Bernal doing like one really big day. Yeah. I don't know about all three. I, I'm I don't know. We'll see. But so, you know, you also have all this altitude to deal with, and I think that's going to affect some people. I guess yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. It's exciting. super exciting yeah. to watch this stuff. And then my last question for yes. you, and then we'll move on from the tour. Oh no! Is it going to be? So, I have so many more questions. Is it going to be somebody <laughs> from Team Ineos, or is it going to be Pino to win? The overall Tour de France. I think the smart money right now, if you're looking at the results so far, the smart money would be on Thibaut Pino, but I'm going to pick Team Ineos. Stick with my pick. I I think uh, it's Pino. Pino? Yeah. I think the class of the field right now is yep. Pino if he keeps He's climbing fit, the way he man. does. Yeah. So if Pino wins, will you have a glass of Pino with me? No. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. Matt oh. will for you. <laughs> I tried. Even, I if, tried. even if, Pino, if Pino loses, I'll probably have a glass of Pino. <laughs> Either well, way, we'll we have some uh, some Pinot and I'll pour you a glass of grape juice. <laughs> okay. okay, I have some questions. Go for ahead. You. Who else has impressed you guys? Like, have, we haven't talked about Richie Port at all. That, he was fighting. my pick, and he just he just blew to pieces. He unimpressed me. Yeah. Uh, what about like we we talked about this briefly before we pressed record? Miguel Landa passing Nairo Quintana without even a glimpse or a pat on the ass or anything. Like, come on. Even if you guys don't get along, okay. like. Yes, so so Quintana makes it in the break yeah. yesterday. Uh, the probably the rest of the people in the break were ticked that he was in the break. They're like, they're going to chase you down because you're in here with yep. us. Um, and then Landa ends up pulling back and catches his group on the last climb. And as he passes Quintana, he doesn't even glance at him, Nothing. look over, not like, okay, here I am, get on my wheel. Nothing. No, or like, uh, hey, like a smile. Nairo, Nothing. you should work for me Just or something. Th- there is some dysfunction on that wow. team. Yeah. Wow. You know, I will say that the, Miguel Landa was the one that I thought was going to piss off the team, not Nairo Quintana. It's Quintana. And so... Aren't they both going to different teams? Yep, I think yeah. so. But, uh, but man, Movie Star worked really hard for Miguel Landa. They were cranking yes. to pull that break back in which and was really cool to watch he's pulled himself back yeah he's in the he's in seventh seventh he's um four minutes and 54 seconds yeah. back and yeah. he's a good climber like the next yeah. you know those stages are not i mean he's done well in tours you know like three week right. stages you know three week tours in the past i think he'll do well potentially in the next couple of days we'll see Man, that's a pretty interesting piece there for sure. There's been a whole bunch of other people that have really impressed me. Like Peter Sagan went back and got, got waters for people. Right. I was super proud. Like when I see stuff like that, I'm like, oh, you are you are cool. You know, yeah. like. Well, how about him doing some uh, wheelies for oh, yeah, uh, everybody totally. on the, t- wheelie the, time, on the time, time trial, trial bike? bike? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't even ride a time trial bike and he did a wheelie on it. <laughs> I know. Such a showman. But yeah, but when. When he does, you know, that, like, that's classic Peter Sagan. But, like, when yeah. he also goes back and grabs water bottles for his teammates, I'm like, dude, 
I, you know, yeah, especially cool. that team when, like, when he came onto that team, it was basically like a team built around him. Right. And he's helped. I mean, like, he's a helper. Like that. I mad respect. Matt likes movie star. He's always talking about movie star. No, so I'm I gonna, don't well, like... I'm going to ask you a question okay, though. Go. Who's going to finish higher in the overall GC? Is it going to be Landa? Or is it going to be Valverde? They are currently separated by six seconds. Oh, um, Valverde is in eighth place with Landa being in seventh place. Um, Miguel Landa will definitely be ahead of Valverde. Okay. But man, Valverde's tough as nails. That guy. Yeah. We always, we, we've talked about him being a cagey rider, but he's just tough. Isn't he almost 40? He's 39, I yeah. think. And he, um, I just, it's you know, amazing. I see him on the back of that, you know, pack and I'm like, he shouldn't be there. Right. And he does. He hangs. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Lance, do you have any TDF questions for us? Uh, my, you want my, to discuss? It really disappointed to see, uh, Wout Van Aert, uh, oh, crash out on the time trial. You know, he had just just blossomed and exploded on the scene in this yeah. Tour de France, and then he's cutting a corner close on that time trial bike. And did you hit, watch that? I, I did. Yeah. He he hit the barrier and yep. and it it like it peeled his right foot off of his uh, oh. off the pedal, and as he went down, it like he drug his right leg like on the ground, and he was probably going. Right, 30, 40 miles an hour. Well, it was probably. a tight corner, so it was yeah, probably it 25, 28 miles an hour. And he like, he ripped his calf, or not calf, he ripped his leg open somehow. Like, oh. they immediately took him to the hospital. I mean, it was like a laceration, not like road rash, correct? Correct. Yeah. Like, yeah. like capsular stitches and, Oofed. yeah, so it was like deep. Like, he's still in the hospital. He had to, he had oh, to be there for several days. So it was just really sad. Is to, that his main injury? Anything else? Like head is okay. Oh yeah, he didn't hit his head. Okay, okay. No, cool. it was it was his leg. He just oh, sliced so his leg open. He has like stellar bike handling skills. Yeah. Granted, yeah. TT bike's quite different from a cross bike, and who knows how much TTing he's done. It's like, granted, he's still super strong on that thing, and he still knows how to throw a bike around. Would you say that the barriers were too far out? I I think. He just cut it too close. close. It was on him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and remember how well he did on the time trial bike with the team time trial. He was a beast. And he won the individual time trial in the Dauphiné. So I'm thinking he was going for the win. He was going for it. Yeah. Although he he wasn't quite there. Right. On times. Yeah. But he was going for it. He was going for it. Yeah. Yeah. He pushed it too close. And it was very close to the finish too, right? Yes. So that's got to be insult to injury. Like you're in the pain cave right yes. there. And the next thing, and that could have maybe had something yeah. to do with him having a lapse in judgment. But can you imagine going from that heart rate and that effort and <sighs> being just like turn yourself inside out? Next thing you know, you're on the ground, like going to the hospital. Yes. Oh, Straight to the hospital. Demoralizing. Yeah. So I was sad to see that. Yeah. That's tough. He was to my see. dark horse pick, which was. Which is an dumb. awesome pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just called it dumb. You called it awesome. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, that's epic. It, it's epic. He. He. I just think he had like probably one of those people that just had like breakout tours, even though he finished early, right? By slicing his leg open and going to the hospital. Super yeah. young, he'll be back, and I think he'll be somebody fun to watch for yep. years to come. Yep. Yeah. So, is he done with cross racing? No. 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 Is, did, or is he, he done with mountain bike racing? Well, he doesn't mountain bike race. Oh, okay. That's Matt. That's Matthew Vanderpool. Vanderpool. But uh, um, I uh, no, his plan is to go back and race the full UCI series. Seriously, wow. cyclocross. Yeah, it's what I healthy. Wow. Yeah, hopefully this road racing season was like a like <laughs> training a, camp. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, let's see how you do. Oh wait, you're actually really good. I, and I wonder how he'll do in the classics in the future. I mean, he is just. Yeah. You'd think that he would be 
He's built for the built classics. for the classics. Yeah, we'll see. Awesome. Anything else on that? Nope. All right. Uh, real quick on the lead out news. Um, just a quick update on our teammate and friend Jay Hamlin. Uh, there has been no new updates. There have been a few sightings of his bike. Um, actually, people have actually caught video of the the attacker. The, the oh, person who actually attacked him, oh. yeah, riding the bike. Um, it was like a friend of a friend saw somebody that kind of fit the description, saw a bike that fit the description, got out his phone and, and videotaped him. And unfortunately, um, by the time the video made it to, it was Jay's neighbor. Jay's neighbor was right. out of town with no cell service and got it like a day or two later after this sighting, um, sent that over to Jay, but um, they weren't able to track him down. I'm not quite sure where the police are at with their, their process, but um, the fact of the matter is that the person was brave enough to get on the bike and ride it around in the area where this happened and was caught on video. Amazing. So um, you guys not brave, very bright. Enough. <laughs> brave right. enough. I like how you describe it that way. That's like, <laughs> that Matt's, was Matt's so brave on the bike. <laughs> Yeah, well, stupid, brave, same thing, different letters, I guess, in this situation. Um, but it's just a stupid, tragic thing that that had to happen to Jay, and he is in good spirits. Um, the GoFundMe that we started for him is doing really well, and I want to thank each and every person who has contributed to that. I think we've raised, uh, gosh, it's like $3,200, oh, which is awesome, and, and I, I'm hoping that'll at least cover his medical bills and be a few bucks to put towards a bike if um, his homeowner's insurance actually does not cover it. That was the last word that we got, that the insurance was not going to cover this bike based on this, that, and the other. Right. It's dumb, if you ask me, but um, we're rallying around him, and people are out riding and looking, and keep your eyes peeled if you do live here in the Portland area. There's been a lot of people looking for that bike, trying to help Jay out, and and the city even started to crack down on the area a little bit. Good to to try to dissuade the how crime that has been happening down how, there. How are his wounds healing up? Have you heard from him? I mean, I know he like uh, he actually break his ankle or yeah, ended up sprained he, it. it. No, he thought it was fractured or sprained, but it's actually fractured. It is actually, wow. Yeah, so. He's in a walking boot for six weeks and is going to miss the rest of the race season, which is unfortunate um, because he, you know, he likes to pick up some of these late season crits. And he's 69 years old, still out racing his bike. You don't want to take these these races away from the guy. No, you just you, you can't. That's just not fair to him. So um, and one last bit of news that I thought was quite interesting and sad and horrific all at the same time. There was an Italian junior track cyclist. Oh, yeah who went down on the track and was impaled by a 20-inch splinter during the crash. It went through his body. Oh, my gosh. It went through his torso, <laughs> his left side of his torso, um, missing vital organ parts. But, I mean, he was in um, three hours of surgery to get this thing extracted from him. And I'll post the article on our Facebook page, but... My God, how does something like that happen? Like, one minute you're out riding your bike, and next thing you know you've got a big giant impaled. piece of wood that's going through your body. That's a fluke. That's a fluke. It's <laughs> spiking stuff is dangerous, guys. There's a Wait picture a of it too, which is graphic, and I'm looking at it right now, and it just makes me want to scroll past it. But <laughs> my God, I, that that sucks. That I hope that kid feels all right. <laughs> He's doing okay. Um, any other news from you guys? That's any it. any super micro news here local neighborhood news, Matt? <laughs> you usually got something that's kind of very yep. local centric, but Neighbor, neighborhood's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't go outside anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's jump into our topic. The anatomy of an epic ride. Epic. 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 <laughs> um, some of our personal epic rides that we've been on. Um, tips for maybe tackling an epic ride? 
And is the word epic overused? Yes, the word epic <laughs> is overused. Is the word epic overused on our podcast? <laughs> so far today, uh, maybe. <laughs> A strong possibility on that one. Um, so the, the definition of epic, heroic, something long, something grand, something monumental, lofty, lofty extravagant, bombastic. <laughs> I looked this up um, for a few extra little synonyms here. Um, something that could be considered a work of art or extending beyond the usual or ordinary in size or scope. So uh, that right there, just looking at all those words, that you have to use that to describe an epic ride. But at the same, in the same breath, the word epic is subjective. So right. you know, something like uh, that might be mundane for Lance could be epic for somebody else. Like Lance is going to go off and do a hundred mile gravel ride and he'll forget about it two years down the road. And like, Oh, that was one of the 50 <laughs> gravel grinder rides that I did that year. But for someone else to just yep. be able to accomplish that, it could be just this big, ostentatious goal that's just like i've never done this before and I, I tackled it and it was a historic effort and i i survived so it is kind of a subjective thing so i think that's where we start to run into the the problem of this word being a little bit yeah, overused yeah. somebody might go down to a little park your buyer house and knock out 15 miles and their, their longest ride to date might be two miles and, and that's epic for them but for us it's just like ho-hum <laughs> right the other so. thing that i think you know that we take for granted is where we live and yep. you know like when my family comes to visit me from alabama or whatever if i take my older brother for a ride i mean if i take him in the gorge or something i mean it's for him he's in awe that's gonna i i don't know i would right. expect him to uh, you know describe it as like an epic ride you know compared to biking in birmingham alabama which is also beautiful it's just different like we just have a different set i mean in my mind when i think of epic i'm thinking scenery mostly like yes when you do a long ride yeah you can kind of describe it as epic but you know like if you even if you really think about it like our seattle to portland ride that's a 200 mile ride it's a very very long ride it's not the most gorgeous i feel like sometimes when we ride in the gorge it's even more epic as i would describe it because I, of because of the scenery i'd agree with you however there's a, a certain goal element about yep. that i mean to ride 206 miles in one day it's it's long so it's grueling yeah it's i kind of split it up into three categories okay. you can have epic effort yep or epic weather yeah. or epic scenery those are the three kind of categories of rides that i've done or that i would consider in this category is either effort weather or scenery okay let me ask you guys this question would you rank any of your races that you've ever done as epic Yes. I mean, yeah, we race in beautiful places. And this is this is why I harp on like location. A lot of, for, especially for cycling, like you go to cool places to race a lot of times. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, I was going to go race in Whistler. Like that's pretty, pretty beautiful typically. So um, my problem with that is when I'm in race mode, I'm not stopping you're to not smell looking. the roses. Yep. I'm not looking. I almost get a tunnel vision and yeah. you're just so hyper-focused on like your effort, how much time is left, what's ahead of you, the competition yep. around you, and I'm not taking in all this stuff. And I've actually had races that we've done here in the, the greater Portland area. Yep. And I'll go back and ride those areas yeah. and like oh, stop with beautiful. my head up and put my head on a swivel. I'm like, how did I miss all of this? So, so I think the, the, at Rebecca's Private Idaho, yeah. which is a fantastic gravel race with world-class scenery, um, I was talking to Rebecca after the stage race, and I, I mentioned how how much I had suffered and how hard I worked. And her first words were, 
well, I hope you looked up and saw, looked around at what you were riding through. And yeah. I went, oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you were just back there a week or so ago riding on a, a trail that was a part of the, Correct. The, the gravel grinder. And you stopped and you smelled the roses on it. I was like, it. oh my. Yeah, it was in- incredible, this right? This is incredible. Yeah. yeah. So one of my race strategies is actually, you know, especially, for, and it depends on the race distance, but in, in Ironman distance races, one of my race strategies is to actually kind of like take at some point in the race, like take a moment and at least and one moment during the race bit. and look up because I think your, you know, your blood pressure drops, your heart rate might drop a little yeah. bit, you know, things like that. And you can do it in an Ironman race, in an Olympic distance race or these, some of these shorter races and stuff like that. Probably like, you know, a crit race or any yeah. of the races that you guys do that are, you know, an hour or whatever. You probably need to just be focusing on the wheel in front of you so that you don't crash. But I think in an Ironman distance race, in a marathon run, if you can kind of take a couple moments and kind of just glance around, like I think it's a benefit to your race, yeah, not a detriment. The uh, I like the the Gorge Gravel Grinder this year for me yeah. was a race that yeah. I was racing. It was a hundred miles, um, uh, most of it on gravel. the The weather was terrible. Yeah. It was raining. It was cold. Lots of people stopped for hypothermia. Um, Jake mentioned, you know, race mode. If I wasn't in race mode, I would have stopped. Yeah, I would have gotten off my bike. And I consider that kind of one of my epic rides from this year. Because, you would describe it as epic because I because the weather was so terrible, horrible that yeah. very few people finished. There was a major DNF rate. Um, I was able to finish and the last two hours were so much suffering <laughs> that I, I probably shouldn't have finished. And if it wasn't a race, I would have I would have just Been gotten called, off my bike yeah. and said, okay, this is Screw this, this yeah. is silly. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with you on your criteria on, on that particular race being epic. I personally don't think that with the exception of maybe one race, I don't think I would classify any of my efforts or not my efforts but my races themselves as epic. epic i've have i'd maybe have an effort or two in there that i would say that was a pretty yeah. epic effort but i would never refer to it as that i would just say that hurt really bad um but yeah i i, I don't know i just i don't think that i've gotten to that station yet in a, in a race where i can actually fully categorize it um and i think for you it was like a lot of the the, the weather component just getting yeah. through that and being able to say that you finished when so many people weren't able to i mean that that's pretty crazy there was 150 people signed up yeah. for it i believe and 30 finished yeah. the long course. Yeah. 30. That's, that's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Matt, do you have a race that you would consider epic? You know, I kind of agree with you that, you know, when, when you are in race mode that you don't. So, and again, again, for me, I define epic as like that ride where you're like, wow, we just went through all these beautiful places and you had an adventure and like that to me is how I describe like an epic ride. And so races are tricky because you don't, you typically don't look around as much. Sure. Um, but because, you know, I've raced in Whistler a couple times and it is gorgeous. Those are, you know, potentially some of the races that I might describe as like an epic, an epic event. Gotcha. Sure. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, it's gotta be something that, it's, it just has to be monumental and it has to be something that you not only remember for the rest of your life, but it left an impression on you to yeah. where like when you stop and think about it, like, Oh my gosh, I still remember that hurt. Or I still remember that view. Or I still remember how I felt after that ride. I mean, it has to really leave a, a massive stamp or an impression on you so mm-hmm. that you can 
categorize it as such. So, yeah. And you know, running wise too, you know, there's the different element to that, right? Like by, by some definitions, when you surprise win state championship, stuff like that, where it's like, Oh yeah, that was absolutely ridiculous. And if you have a long enough running career, things like that are, you know, sure. some stuff like that will happen, right? You'll have these big epic races where unexpected things happen and you have a great day. Then those are, those are cool days for sure. Yeah. Now, do you guys have any rides that before they started, you're like, this is going to be epic. And they, they turned out to be so. And on the flip side, do you have any rides that were, this is going to be epic. And you're like, eh, not even close. I think some of the adventure type rides where you're like, we're going to ride, you know, I've done this a couple of times and I used to do it more and I haven't done it as much lately where you'll, you know, we're basically, I would say a hundred miles, almost exactly from here to the coast. So you kind of have this like destination type ride. Right. I think those are pretty epic in a lot of ways where they are a bit of an adventure. Are you going to make it? Like, how are we going to get, you know, it's all this stuff where it's like, you know, you, you go through a beautiful location, right? Because you, you have, we have like these, um, I would, I don't know, foothills or whatever in between Portland and the coast. And you, so you go through some beautiful areas, um, but it's a long way and it's definitely an adventure. And so I think some of those rides are, are pretty epic. Gotcha. You know, I, I've been super fortunate. I've ridden in 11 different States so yep. far this year, this year, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> which is, and, and, thinking about some of the rides I've done and I think about you know what really comes to mind and some of them might be ho-hum for other people one of my favorite rides from this year was the uh when I rode along Big Sur yeah in uh the central California coast a little wind on your back and I had this beautiful tailwind yeah I was not I'd never even driven it so I oh, so yeah. I didn't really know what to expect as yeah. I was riding and every corner I was just blown away. And I think that's part of it, right? Where it's like right. you don't know what's coming up and every and like you're just like eyes extra wide open on every single turn. Yes. If you've never done it before, it's that much better. Just blown away. And that's, that's a really a, good that's point. That's a spot that thousands and thousands of people have ridden that mm -hmm. section. Sure. And for me, I, I don't think I'll, I'll forget the feeling I had while I did that. Another one was when uh, I was on my mountain bike and riding in Lake Tahoe and rode the Flume Trail for the first time in Tahoe. Do you know what the Flume Trail is? I think you mentioned it when you heard of it. You haven't done it, it yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Lake Tahoe is this beautifully perfect scenic lake, you know, and the, the Flume Trail, it's just outside of Reno, Nevada. So it's in Nevada, uh, on the border of Nevada and California. The Flume Trail sits about 2,000 feet above the lake on like a cliff ledge. It's called a Flume Trail because there used to be a water flume that went along that area for mining. And now it's this, you know, I don't know how long it is. It's only like a 10-mile section. I did a really big four-hour ride or something like that there. But when I hit that Flume Trail, and you're sitting 2,000 feet above the lake, Jeez. and you're on this like, perfect single track that you have to be focused so that you don't wipe out wipe out and go off the <laughs> 2000 feet cliff edge oh. but and it, it's it's smooth beautiful single track again around every corner i'm like oh my gosh yeah it is so beautiful so that was just another spot where where you know my workout or my strava segment goes out of the head and i just stop and like I got to take a picture. This yeah. is yep. this is ridiculous. 
So. I remember the first time I rode in Bend. I was just riding on the Deschutes River, and it was the same thing. It's just a little mundane trail that many people have probably done many times. I stopped so many times and took so many pictures because yeah. every corner you come around, you're like, this isn't real. Wow. This, this just isn't real. You're like, somebody painted this, and I'm in like some CGI world or something like that right now. So uh, I, I know what you're talking about there. That's yeah. pretty spectacular. And like the and to kind of bring this around full circle – like being in race mode and not being able to take that stuff in. Right. I was getting like little snapshots and I still have these snapshots in my brain and I need to go back and ride this again. The Yam Hill gravel grinder that we did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Every Beautiful. time you come over a summit, you look and you're like, Whoa. That's not real. That's just not, that's not real. <laughs> Rolling beautiful hills. Yes. yes. It looks like something that somebody created on a computer. It was too perfect. And I need to go back and ride that. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing that race again next year, but I want to go back and ride it just so I can stop and take it in. I'm like, can't take a picture now. I didn't even have my phone with me for starters. And I'm like, I need to have a picture of this and I want to remember it. And it's just all like mental memories right now, but I need to go back and do that because it was such beautiful scenery. Yeah. So agree. Yep. Matt, what would you have as far as tips for somebody who's going to go maybe tackle an epic ride okay. or yeah, maybe do their first perceived epic ride or race? Sure. Is there something you know. that you would... I, here's here's what I would say. Talk to some experienced riders. Ask them what their favorite ride is. And I think, you know, Lance and I even talked about doing maybe a podcast where we just kind of talk about like our favorite rides of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like write down, you know, when when you have a podcast like this or when you have um, experienced riders, not that I'm like super experienced, but you have a couple of people that have ridden all over the country, like Lance Hepler, like take note of what kind of stuff he mentions as being epic and follow up on it, right? Bring your camera and, and go there and do those things just because that's an opportunity that you you don't want to pass up. Yeah. You know, some of these quote unquote epic rides that we're describing, I mean, these are rides where you barely make it back alive and you're amazed at sometimes. what you accomplished. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes. You're just amazed at like, like what you accomplished in terms of like an output or like a volume or like where you rode. It was like super crazy. I mean, in that breath, I mean, you also need to play the safe card. So, I mean, would you suggest that epic rides be done in groups or with friends? I'm oh, safety Dan here, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the broken safety Dan, uh, I'm always a fan of, of people kind of riding in groups for safety reasons. Um, one of my favorite rides of the year, uh, we were, we did our like team training camp Yep. and this is so rude of me to even say it, but like Jake had a flat and I just left him like a jerk, <laughs> like the jerk that I am. And, uh, and I figured the group would catch me or whatever. I rode the whole day by myself. That was the was, long day. The second to last day. Was no, like no, that was for it was this Live Oak. It was like, oh, live and we were stuck yeah, downtown yeah, at the right. vacuum bicycle it shop. It was like <laughs> 60, 70 miles. Maybe I don't remember, but it, it was like all these flooded out roads That's that we we're right. biking through. <laughs> that was and awesome. it was just a gorgeous ride. Like lots of cool roads. Probably, you know, I, I would kind of describe it as like an epic ride. It was by myself. Yeah. It was Sometimes by myself. Those are special, but and, yeah. and, and, and I think because I was in no rush, I just kept waiting for the group to catch me that I could just like Enjoy cruise. Enjoy it. Yeah. Cruise up to the top and just like either mentally snap a picture or actually grab my phone and like take a picture. It was just so beautiful. I really enjoyed that day. Yeah. Um, and fun. so, so yes. So yes, ride with groups. Yes. It's safer to ride with groups. I was so thankful that when I um, broke my shoulder that I had two people there to help me, you know, like, with everything, like pull my bike, pull me, pull my bike to the side of the road, like get the ambulance, all these things. Like it was call my wife. It was just so nice to have all the help that I had when I hurt my shoulder. Um, so 
I will discourage people from riding alone. But Lance, are you a gambling man? Yes. Uh, with his own life. <laughs> with my life. That yes. was my, my question. It was a loaded question. Loaded. You, my friend, do a lot of quote unquote epic stuff. And if it's not epic, it's pretty surreal and, and crazy to, to see some of these rides that you do. And a lot of these rides, you're by yourself. Yeah. You are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You have no cell service. Yeah. You have no connectivity with humanity. And you're out just, you know, killing it. The only person that might be able to save your life is your dog. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> she's she's, she's with me. So. Piper, get help. I've said this before. I think you should consider a satellite phone at uh, some point. Or the satellite beacon, if anything else, from okay. Garmin. There's been, there has been a, a case where I I was in trouble and, yeah. and, and could not, I had no way to call anybody. There was no cell signal. There was nothing. That, it, that, it was five or six years ago yeah. where I was doing a, um, like, a, a, like a 60 mile loop or something like that. And was told that there was only three miles of gravel, and I was on my road bike. I didn't have a gravel bike back then. Sure. And uh, there was fifteen miles of gravel, <laughs> not three. I got bad data from trying to look at other people's Strava rides. I was just trying to find a cool spot to ride. Sure. Yeah. And uh, with twenty miles to go, I had flatted enough times. I'd I'd flatted like three times. I'd used up all my tubes. Um, I had gone around a gate to ride on this road, so there was no cars. I was 20 miles from my truck. There was no cell service, and I was con- thinking, I'm going to have to walk out. Right. It's going to take me five hours to yeah. walk out to get to You're my truck. You're calculating. I was calculating. Yep. And um, You're like five hours if you move decent. Right. Yeah, which, yeah. Right. So I ended up walking for about an hour uh, before I finally hit a paved road and then rode on a flat tire completely yeah. flat tire um destroyed my rim yeah. to get back to my car <laughs> i i like Which, i sacrificed my rim to get yeah. back to my car before it got dark and all those things seem super small and minor to me because if you really crash and hurt yourself like i want you to be able to call someone yeah well not too long ago you're on your cross bike and you went down and that was the 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 catalyst that made you want to get a gravel bike, but you went down and that could have ended a little bit worse. I mean, you could have hit your head. Correct. You could have been broken. You Correct. could have been injured substantially. It, it was, it was off season. There was only two people riding on that whole road that day. It probably would have been four or five hours before I was found. If yeah. I had been knocked out or rendered yeah, and Captain yeah. Clear Conscience over here doesn't hold any bars. He just yes. flies I down just, stuff, which is great. Like, away. I feel like that's it's awesome. Like the way you descend is is a thing of beauty, right? Where it's like guy, guy's happy, he's good. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, selfishly, I want you to have something to call. You know, if, it, if yeah. that's an if that's an option, and yeah. you know, I'll talk to your wife, and we'll we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> So have you guys, I'm going to tie this back into the question that I asked you, but have you guys ever had a ride that was just going to be some mundane ride that actually actually turned into an epic ride? And were you prepared for said ride? Do you guys, can you think of anything along those lines? 
I have one experience. I, I'm nothing's coming to mind. Yeah, nothing comes to mind right now. What are you, what are you thinking? I was I was doing a training ride. Yep. And this is when I lived in Southern California, and it was on the mountain bike in the Santa Ana Mountains. And there was oh. a big race called the Vision Quest, and I've talked about this on the podcast. I was gonna say, before. have you talked about this before? Yeah. So doing a training ride, and I get to the very top of Saddleback Mountain, and I'm I'm like, I want to go down a different way. I didn't have a lot of experience with all of the, the different routes that you could go down. I only knew the route that I always rode. Get to the top, and I ask a hiker, I'm like, hey. Is there a different way to skin this cat? Can I get down to the bottom if I go a different direction? He's like, oh, yeah, take this trail down. Took the trail down. I'm like, at some point in time, this is going to wrap back around the mountain and go the other way. And I ended up taking it just about down to the bottom. Well, it went down to the bottom of the mountain on the other side of the mountain. So I ended up actually adding on. It was about three hours. I did not have the hydration for three hours. I did not have the nutrition for three hours. I did not have the cell phone battery for three hours. And I actually ended up having to get all the way back to the top of this mountain. And I was pretty much like starting to get a little like, oh my God, I'm going to, yeah, I need some fluids in me. Little lightheaded. And I ended up when you got to get to the top, there was a few other hikers and there's some car trails that you're going to get on. And there's some people that were like off-roading. I was stopping people asking them, do you have any water? So I was, I was taking water out of their, um, it sounds kind of gross, but out of their cooler, it looked clean. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll try yeah, this. Sure. And some people only had ice. So they're putting ice in my bottle and I'm, I'm letting that melt. Um, some people offered me beer. I passed them the beer cause I was already a little bit woozy there and it was just, it, it was crazy. And I know that it put my wife in a way because they were all actually out in the cul-de-sac and she was with my neighbors and they were about ready to call the park services and the, the forestry department and the police and the sheriff's department to yeah, find me. Cause you were that overdue so it ended up being something like i think it was like 60 miles and it was probably nine ten thousand feet of climbing and i'd only gone out to do like like a 35 40 mile ride and i was just looking for a different way down to have a little bit of extra fun (laughs) so it ended up being dumb (laughs) for me to do that and not knowing better and, and not doing a little bit more research ahead of time but in the same breath, it's something that I'll never forget. It's something that I came back and I'm like, wow, that was an accomplishment. Wow, I'm ready for this race now because I did a hell of a lot more and right. a lot better than I thought I would. But right. it was pretty dumb. So that was that was my example there. But um, in terms of preparedness for said kinds of rides, you know, I, I, I really suggest that you ride with other people. I think that that's always a good thing. But there there is that, that element of doing something on your own but let people know where you're at and have some sort of way to be connected with them so that if something should go wrong, you know, be prepared. Yeah. And then nutrition, hydration, camera, the whole bit, like make sure that you've got your whole arsenal of everything that you're going to need to really, you know, get through this and, and not come back limping and broken and, and, you know, about ready to pass out from dehydration. Um, is there anything else that you guys can add to the list of things that you think that people should have with them? What do you guys think about a medical kit? I had a one suggestion, you know, after my crash that, um, maybe, maybe bikers should bring a medical kit. And I thought it was a good suggestion because a lot of times, you know, some of the basic stuff isn't that heavy, but again, it's like, gosh, you know, I'm already this triathlete that's bringing tons of gear on the bike. Like, I don't, I don't know if I would want to bring a ton of medical stuff. So what would you suggest for a medical kit? And we can talk Ban- about bandages for road rash. You know, I don't think you can do a, a ton of stuff. I don't know. I don't know what you would. I mean, that's a great question for you our know, listeners. If you guys want to comment on any of our stuff, you know, like some of the stuff that we've talked about, Epic Rides and, you I know, um, what do people think about that? What triathletes have kind of a, um, a, a unique seat post in their bike. And a lot of times yep. you can jam a lot of stuff up there and yeah. somehow like cork it so that it doesn't fall out. Now you can see you keeping 
medical tape or yeah. bandages or gauze or yeah. whatever, Something maybe like even like a sling <laughs> for Matt in his I arm. Know. Yeah. Um, you could keep that kind of stuff in there. But for those of us that have got a DI2 battery stuffed up there, I got to find somewhere else. But there are all these little, little secret spots where you can stif- um, hide stuff like your, your stem. So if you like, you take your stem cap off and pull the bars off. Usually there's like a, an open, you know, area within yeah, the stem where space. you can put stuff in there. I mean, that's, that's a place. Yeah. You know, just, just a thought. I, I know. I don't yeah. know if I'm ever going to put a medical kit in there. But I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I'm riding with someone, I hope they have a medical kit for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, what is your guys's list of epic rides from this year? Anything that you've done this year that you would classify as epic? Um, the, the first one that comes to mind is that very long day at training camp. Yeah. Yep. It's on my list too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was only like 80. No, no, no. It was only like 80 miles. Wasn't it the very first day? No, no the, the, la- the, the last big day. One. The was, big one was 110 miles. It was 110, and it was like I did like wow. 11,000 feet of climbing. Yeah, or so something did I. Like yeah, that. yeah. And I, I think that was epic for me because a lot of climbing and a lot of distance. And as the day went on, I just felt better and better. Isn't that insane? I was <laughs> the same in the same boat. I felt rough at the end, <laughs> but but I'm in the middle, and I felt good a lot of that ride. Yeah. I mean. I rode with Jake for part of it, and I was feeling really good at that point. Yeah, but just some of those climbs were gorgeous. Yeah, it was it was beautiful, and for me, it was just kind of neat to be able to be out there and yeah. to be with the team and to know that I I, I finished, and yep. I'd only had like a handful of rides under right? my belt since. Yeah, that was amazing. Jumping back out onto the road, so I was um, super pumped about that. So. I loved that day. Yeah, I thought that was great. Mexican cokes were pretty good too, huh, Matt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jake was like, we were we were trying to figure out like how to get for me to get to hundred. You were you were above that, but like it was like, well, let's go get a Mexican coke over at this. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty epic day. Anything That's... else from this year? Lance, Lance, has, his... Lance only has twenty to thirty. I, I wrote down seven things. <laughs> Just rifle them at us. Uh, the first day was that training camp day. The weather, epic weather day, was the Gorge Gravel Grinder. As far as scenery, it was the Big Sewer ride I did. Yeah. Uh, the Flume Trail in Tahoe. Yep. Um, and then a road called the Harriman Trail in oh. in Ketchum, Idaho, which is um, it is part of the Rebecca's Private Idaho Stage Race, and that was one where I I went back and rode it a few weeks ago and was just. It's just smile on my face the whole time. Yeah. So gorgeous. Just sawtooth mountains and gravel ride and n- no huge climb. It was it that that's an amazing trail if you ever get a chance to read that. Um another one is the the ride around Mount Hood here oh. that I did with uh, Andy Levine that was more than a year ago. Yeah. Um, where it's it's a hundred plus miles and like fifteen thousand feet of climbing. Yeah. It's a big day, but just views and scenery here in the northwest is is phenomenal. And the last one I wrote down was um, the ride around Crater Lake that I did. Oh yeah, after Michael um, passed. after Michael passed um, alone with uh, not a single car or single bike on the road. And uh, 35 miles around one of the most beautiful places in the world, uh, Crater Lake, Oregon. Um, that not only for scenery, but for, I guess, the emotions and uh, things that I was 
going through and dealing with. There's I, a lot I, of processing. A lot and that of processing. Was surreal, I'm sure, to be there. I don't think I'll forget that ride. Yeah. yeah. So those are the ones I wrote down. How about you, Matt? You know, for me, you know, the first thing I think of is like some of the training camp rides that we did were just, you know, I guess I mentioned this early in the podcast, but yeah, they were just, I mean, I already told Lance this, but like kind of, if, if I can, my shoulder get, get my shoulder turned around, like I'm already looking forward to the training camp. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where we're doing. I, I did it. You can do it too, my friend. I know. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. I don't know where we're going, but that, that was just such a fun trip. The rides were amazing. And, you know, we owe a lot of that to the people that organized the the trip and the, and the plan, the rides and things like that. Yeah. Um, but then I guess Hannah, we should probably, <laughs> we should thank him. But, uh, then, uh, the other thing, um, similar to Lance, you know, some of the spots up in Mount Hood, uh, I think it was basically last summer around this time I was going up to Mount Hood a lot to do some filming stuff and I would always bring, you know, a bike and then swim in Timothy Lake and it was just like, yeah. wow, you can just, I mean, you're, so you, you're running on trails, swimming in these huge open lakes with just this gorgeous mountain in the backdrop and it was perfect sunny days and then take, take a gravel bike out for a spin. It was just, it's just fantastic. So, um, that those those two things you know the trip and those sort of things it's just like yeah you can't beat this stuff yeah it's fantastic i don't have anything extra to add to that i would just say the training camp for myself i have kind of kept things somewhat reeled in i've just been more focused on having fun but being uber safe about everything and and having to pass on certain things but that training camp was spectacular yeah there wasn't a ride there that i didn't just love and cherish so and the big ride was obviously one that i'll remember for the rest of my life so that falls under category of epic epic Cool. Um, anything else you guys want to add to this? Epic is overused. Epic is overused. Epic <laughs> is overused. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that I was watching a video from GCN not too long ago. And that so was make fun of it, too. Th- that yeah. was on their like top 10 things of like in cycling that's, that, that <laughs> needs to go away. Like the word epic is widely overused. Stop it. <laughs> so hopefully they'll listen to this and uh, tell us to shut up. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, let's move on to one last thing. Lance, do you have one last thing to share with us? Um, I, I guess nothing's come coming to mind. No one last no. things from no. Lance? No, no one last things That's from not me. epic. Follow, follow Lance's Instagram because <laughs> he has epic rides all the time and he takes epic photos. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's Dr. Hep? It's at Dr. Hep, Dr. D-R-H-E-P-P. Maybe I need to change that. Maybe. Yeah. Whatever. Are you still? Well, you're a doctor for life. So I am I mean, a doctor for life. So yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Adventure Lance. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna be here for the next two short tracks coming up. I am. We've got a race yeah, tonight. And next week is the the team relay that will come after the the last race of the series. Yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion you've got some plans brewing for the month of August to go off and do some epic rides. Yeah. Uh, well, I I I will be headed back to um to Idaho to do Rebecca's private Idaho this year. So there's some plans for that, but yeah, I'm, I might, um, I might jump in the van and head, uh, North towards, um, wherever Eastern Washington and Montana and Yellowstone. And I, I don't know. And there was some talk or some whisper about a, an epic adventure to uh, Florida. Oh, there's oh, possibly, yeah. yeah. Could do some time traveling there. I, I <laughs> do. The nice flat roads. My <laughs> daughters are both uh, going to spend the, the fall in Florida working at Disney World, and I'm, I might drive them out there. Fun. Matt, one last thing. This morning I posted a video, um, which is, you know, part of our crazy discussion with the tour, and it was basically, um, you know, we're two weeks in, and we don't know who's going to win this thing. Uh, who, you know, and I asked 
anyone that watches, drop a comment down below. Um, if, if this podcast comes out on Wednesday, which it probably will, it's okay if you guys want to go ahead and drop a comment. It's, a, it's getting a little bit close to the finish to be you know predicting winners. Uh, but go ahead and do it anyway. Watch the video. Um, I give my prediction and ask people for their predictions. And I'm sending out stickers and coasters. The coaster's awesome. Yeah Matt, yeah, Matt gave me a coaster today. Yep. I'm stoked on that. Yeah, coasters, which say uh, swim, bike, run, rinse, repeat, I think is what those say. And then, you know, have various stickers that I can send out your way. So do it. Hop on it. Um, next up from me, I am taking off today to go up to Whistler. And so I will bring the camera and try and get something put together for the YouTubes. Looking forward to that. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. My one last thing is that we have um, cyclocross practice coming up here pretty soon. Wow. It's not going to be this week, but I think it might start next week and it'll go um, from, from the end of July through August up until the start of the first race. Oh, wow. And that should be a lot of fun. We will host those locally here. Um, historically, we've done them at David Douglas Park and then we've gone out to Vancouver Lake and it's yep. just a lot of fun working on some techniques and having some of the more experienced riders kind of run through some stuff to help you become more efficient. We'll do a little bit of a workout and we'll have barriers set up and serpentine stuff set up and doing some beach work. And for me, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this A because it's fun and it's fun getting together with other people and, and suffering with them a little bit. But B, I want to see if my ankle's going to hold up yeah, um, yeah. It's given me a couple small fits recently, and I'm really on the fence as to whether or not it's a good idea or not. But I think going out there and kind of using this as a, a litmus test will be fun. Two questions. Who's leading those? Um, let's see here. We've got two teammates, uh, Carl Bailey and Jerry Pruitt. They're okay. going to, um, cool. they've come, to, come with some ideas. Yeah, and they've done help. the past few years, and yep. then I'll help them out as well to a certain degree. And then we'll have some, you know, possibly some guest writers like Mr. Lance over here. Second question yeah. Is anyone invited? Do you have to be part of the dial cycling team to join? Uh, no, we have had come, come all, on, come on. Yeah, we've yep. had people from multiple teams come out and join us, and it's just about having fun. Do you so. have to have a working right shoulder? <laughs> um, probably. Yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. hurt. Okay, you good. would have some yes. very impressive skills if you could do it with just your uh, <laughs> there you go. your left. All right. So we need to take your parts and my pieces and put them together and make yeah. a whole cycle crash athlete. <laughs> one <so>. one <laughs> mediocre rider. <laughs> Um, that is it. Evan, travel we missed, safe. We missed you, Evan. We missed you, bud. Uh, Lance, uh, good luck tonight at Short Track. You too. Matt, drive safely. Hope okay. you're feel, I, I'm glad to see that you're feeling better. That makes me happy. Um, it's good to see your little uh, movements that you're able to start getting out of your shoulder only a week out, so that's promising. Will you have to have surgery? or when We don't we, know. I, I won't know for actually a long time. We'll probably, in a couple of weeks, basically when I get back from Whistler, I need to see the doctor again. And he'll kind of say, like, if things are improving well, then we might we won't even do an MRI on the shoulder um, unless, you know, we think we aren't healing quite right. Uh, and then um, another couple of months before we see, like, range of motion kind of come back and see if the collarbone is kind of impending you know, any sort of stuff like swimming and stuff like that. And if it is, they actually do this surgery where they cut your collarbone off, like part of it, oh. to give you the chance to have that range of motion. Yeah. Basically, the collarbone is, is sticking up in my shoulder Just kind awkwardly. of get in the way, yeah. Yeah. Now, do you know if you had any damage to any other soft tissue in there? I don't know. It's hard because all they've done is take an x-ray so far. So they're just really letting things settle down. Yep. And then they have to have you move it. And then they'll quantify whether or not you yep. need to have anything else done. Yep. I really, truly hope that you do not. Because that surgery was god-awful for me. I mean, they did more stuff than just right. fix my uh, rotator cuff. But it was terrible. It was some of the worst weeks of my life. Or even months of that matter. But I hope uh, hope all goes well and you continue to heal up. Thank you. So. 
You guys, thank you so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. You kids have a good week. Bye for now.